imagine there's no celebrities doing patronizing videos during pandemics. Christ, wouldn't that be nice? Well, it's not happened. Um, but lots of things have this week. We've got a a very full episode, so let's get through it together. It's like we're self-isolating, but like in a group setting. Community self-isolation on the internet. Oh, what a lovely concept. is lettered along my legs and inside my heart as rain falls on your freshly washed car. Will you still love me tomorrow is waiting on my lips, is playing on the radio, playing on my mind. And I think about how you played along when I read your horoscope aloud many times using my many apps. How you only teased me a little to be the typical Capricorn I know and love, so that I'd remember to be reassured or Maybe just because that's who you've always been. You said you loved me this morning as I snuggled around you like the cats do. And again just now when you handed me a cigarette with a sleepy smile standing beside me with the shopping to your left. Me and my shy but devoted heart to your right. We stand in silence as I write. I recall the charm of your morning texts. The way you slept beside me last night on the side that felt uncomfortable just so that we could be close. The way you held me this morning as I cried over nothing. You're quiet and surprisingly patient as the rain continues and I take too long to smoke because you know I'm lost in my library. Finding things that will put my heart at ease. And I recall that you went out when I was showering to fetch me breakfast. Saying you loved me with pancakes and with orange juice. You know how people romanticise going out with a writer and they're like, you know, they'll immortalise you forever, they'll be so romantic, it'll be amazing. I mean, sure, maybe those things are true, but it also involves a hell of a lot of dumb shit, like waiting around in the rain because they suddenly got an idea and they need to write it down right the fuck now or like them seeming really like not there because they're thinking about ideas and stuff and you know shit like that which I imagine is probably really 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 annoying for the unfortunate person who has decided to go out with me but you know what he got himself into this mess and I don't want him to leave so I'm not going to help him out of it and (laughs) um I was just thinking about that because obviously there's a couple of lines in that that mention how infuriating I must be and yet somehow, some way, he's into that, which, you know, I, d- I don't know what that means. I must not be that awful, I guess. Or maybe I am. And he's just being punished for something he did in a past life. 
like stealing or murder. But <laughs> um, I was actually really, <laughs> you know, really kind of thinking about different expressions of love. You know, because obviously you can just say it, you know, out loud or you can write it down. You can say, I love you. But there are different things, you know, in life that, that mean the same thing. You know, things that people do. It's not necessarily saying it, but it makes it clear. It makes their feelings real and open and... It's one of my favourite things about being fortunate enough to have somebody that loves you is you get to find all the different ways that they can do that. tells me I'm nervous, sitting on my face as I step back in the game. I was raised by feminist wolves in the wilds of the wild and I feel I should be braver, bolder, brighter in the face of danger, but the tea tree like a concerned stranger seeing my frozen and unconscious stare into the mirror whispers, you're worried about your skin. He told me I had pretty eyes. My voice a volcano, molten, melancholy, sultry syllables, and yet today my voice shakes, ears open to criticism, eyes teary, tea tree trembling on my shaking skin, because fear is a four-letter word in a constant state when you're in love and need to trust someone with your heart and your broken out skin. The bus driver told me I was beautiful, and I shyly smiled, hoping you'd agree. For as long as I can remember, I've always had problems with my skin. And it's something I'm really self-conscious about. My skin, like, I just have to look at myself wrong in the mirror and my skin breaks out. I, <laughs> I, you know, I've done it all. I've tried all the creams. I've tried all the treatments. I've tried all the, like, thing, you know, if you eat these things specifically and nothing else. If you drink, like you know, six pints of water an hour, whatever, I've tried it all, girl, I, for real, and <laughs> the only thing I've found that works is in Superdrug, they have a range of tea tree oil skincare stuff, and that is the only stuff that works for me, I used to use it religiously when I was at uni, um, and back then, it was a lot cheaper than it is now, and it used to always be on three for two. But now, whew, well, the economy's in the toilet, so it's like twice as expensive, and you'll be lucky if you can find it on buy one, get one free. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I sort of started it up again in the last few months, because I was like, you know what? I've actually got, you know... <laughs> I've got someone I'm supposed to look presentable for so we'll see what we can do and <laughs> but even, even with that obviously sometimes my skin will just be like <laughs> fuck you bitch um which happened um sort of last 
weekend and I was seeing my boyfriend and I had this moment of paranoia and just like, fuck's sake, why? Why? Like, literally, uh, <laughs> I had this really dramatic moment. I was at a train station and I, I was sort of trying to fix my makeup a bit um, to see what I could do. <laughs> I just had like this sort of minor breakdown, put my mirror back in my bag, had a little cry, realised I just cried off all my eye makeup, cursed myself for that. And I thought, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna write down how I'm feeling, I'm gonna figure this the fuck out. I just wrote down like just all these <laughs> anxieties I had about my skin and everything like that you know and do you know what <laughs> either he doesn't mind or he just didn't notice because <laughs> I mean but hey I mean I guess that's that's what love is you know they can look at you and maybe you're not always perfect but they love you and even when you feel horrible they see something different and so did a, a bus driver apparently which was nice of him <laughs> I mean normally if a, a random member of the public says something like that to me I, I sort of get a bit you know, standoffish for the next sort of hour or so, because I'm like, oh, how dare you? But do you know what? I I I needed a compliment at that moment, so I was like, I'll take it, fine, yeah, okay. What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Well, everyone really needs to stand up and say, OK, no, this is not politics in the normal British way. This is something darker and bleaker and it's got to stop. Peace is possible and must be achieved. We want Scotland to remain inside the EU and we want the UK to remain inside the EU. Labour is weak and divided, completely unable to offer any sort of opposition to the Tories. And I say, I say to all the doubters, do say it has all kicked off and continued to kick off would be an understatement my god honestly Oy vey. um okay firstly i need to talk about this briefly it has nothing to do with what the fuck is going on with this whole politics business but i've just thought about it eurovision's cancelled I have to tell you, I'm heartbroken. Um, moment to grieve, moment to grieve. And now on with the regularly scheduled moment. So, panic buying 
is happening in the UK. Um, I, oh my God, I went to the shops this morning just to get basic stuff. I didn't want to get like three million packs of toilet roll or whatever. I just wanted to get a couple of basic little bits. My God, the absolute state of it. It was just chaotic scenes. I couldn't believe it. It doesn't help that the government doesn't really seem to be doing all that much. I mean, it's a difficult thing because... The shops are obviously doing what they can. They're bringing in, you know, policies, you know, such as you can only buy one or, you know, two of the same item to sort of try and limit panic buying. Um, you know, they're allowing sort of early entry to elderly people, people with, um, you know, risk factors for coronavirus and things like that. Um you know, and it's not really the shops or, I suppose, arguably the government's responsibility to, you know, sort of manage the behaviour of the public and say, you know, stop doing this. But, you know, something has to happen, really. It, it I mean, because it's, it's chaotic every day. And it's it's dangerous for the staff. It's it's dangerous for the public. It, it's just not good for anyone. Um, realistically, there is enough of everything to go round. It's just because people keep getting everything at once on mass. You know, supplies dwindle, and. I think it doesn't help that the government advice on coronavirus in general is kind of increasing public anxiety. Um, a lot of stuff is very vague. Downing Street is doing daily briefings, but, you know, people seem to come away with more questions than answers, you know. They've announced things about mortgage holidays, um, loans for businesses and things like that. But there doesn't seem to be that much for the average working person. Um, there's nothing for renters. Um, there's no, you know, guarantees for, for workers. You know, statutory sick pay is staying as it is. And it's not enough to live on. Um... You know, so people are worried and so people are reacting in panic. I think maybe if the government were announcing things that were a bit more concrete, that could ease some anxiety. But but that's not happening, so we don't know. Um, over to Labour. Keir Starmer has called for an introduction of National Income Guarantee called the National Income Guarantee Scheme, um, <clears throat> meaning that people would get, to all intents and purposes, universal basic income. Um, so, 
it was part of uh, quite a few different proposals he put forward um, with statutory sick pay being trebled to match the real living wage, um, covering the self-employed as well, um, expanding the social security system, um, introducing a wage subsidy initiative so that businesses who are struggling because of coronavirus can still pay staff. Um, and amending the government back loans that were announced to help businesses to be tied to an agreement that they would keep on staff and protect jobs. These are all good ideas, I think. Um, and it's, it's a good kind of preview of the kind of leader that Keir Starmer would be. Um, it's also one of the only things from the Labour leadership contest that has kind of really um, come to the surface, as it were, um, because a lot of people are sort of ignoring it because obviously everyone's thinking about coronavirus. It's like, oh, Labour are doing that thing? Who cares? Um... <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I think they're good proposals. I think he's making some good points. A lot of MPs have spoken about the potential of even a temporary universal basic income in the UK at the moment to try and ease um, concerns that the public have and, you know, protect homes and you know, stimulate the economy and things like that. Um, Leila Moran also uh, spoke up about that. Um, of course, Leila is running for the leader of the Lib Dems whenever their little leadership thing kicks off. We don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, I can't see a good reason not to do that at this point because realistically with the current support packages in place there is no guarantee that businesses will keep employees on there is no guarantee that businesses will pay employees during this crisis People need something. People need to be able to pay their rent, to pay their, you know, their bills, mortgages, whatever it is. And the government just sort of seems to be like, well, we're going to give a load of stuff to businesses, but people, I don't know. I get that the Tories' whole brand is, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, whatever, but we're in an unprecedented global crisis the rule book it doesn't exist anymore you know maybe you have to think outside the box maybe Kirstama's making some points I would hope that they would at least consider it and look at it that's all I'm saying um, Rory Stewart is back at it again. Um, the mayoral elections have been cancelled, so he's just at this point he's just shit posting on Twitter for attention. Um, 
MPs are obviously uh, talking about heading into Parliament to scrutinise emergency legislation. Most of it is in regards to coronavirus. Rory says, no, Tom, please don't. Parliament must learn to work remotely. It is not beyond the wit of man to find a technological solution for you all. Don't keep mingling in Parliament. Now, here's the thing. It is true that a solution should be found to allow Parliament to run remotely for situations like this. And also for things like maternity leave, for things like greater accessibility for MPs with disabilities, um, for parental leave and so on and so forth. However, Rory Stewart, who, let's not forget, has only just been an MP, like he was still an MP as recently as December. He is not a stupid man. He knows full well that there is not currently a system in place that would allow MPs to work remotely. They have to turn up and physically be there to vote and to participate in debates to scrutinise any legislation going through Parliament. Rory Stewart knows this, right? It's all well and good to sit there and say, please don't go, work remotely, but they can't. And Rory Stewart knows this, so he is basically just saying this for attention. He's not a stupid man. He knows that there isn't a fucking remote option. So why is he saying this apart from to get attention? Like, <laughs> if the system isn't in place, they can't do it. There's a lot of things that you can absolutely criticise MPs for. But MPs going in to work and doing the job that they are paid for is not one of them. They can't magic up a system to fix this immediately. And he knows that. So it's like, if you do you know what? If you don't have anything useful to say, Rory, shut the fuck up. Just shut up. Go on a walk or whatever. Like, fuck. Just be quiet for once. Oh, God. There's been quite a few stories about um, shops up in the price of things. Um, you know, there was a pharmacy that is selling Calpol. For those that, that don't know what that is, it's basically paracetamol for kids. Um, they were selling 200 milliliters for 1999. Um, and it's, it's one of those things you kind of expect, but you're still sad when you see it. Or like, you know, people selling hand sanitizer for like 20 quid and it's like, can we fucking not do this, please? And, you know, I don't see the government really doing anything about that either. Boris Johnson was asked about it during one of the briefings and he basically said, please don't do it. But I mean, that's not really going to do anything, is it? You know, it, <laughs> he can ask whatever he wants of people, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen, does it? Um, 
you know, what can we do? I mean, it's just one of those things that, I mean, to be fair to the government, I, I, I don't think, you know, rushing through legislation on that could really be a priority when you look at other things that they've got to do. Um, but I, I mean, at the same time, something's got to be done because this is going to continue. Um, but I don't know. Coronavirus testing kits are going for £375. That's that's how much you'd pay to get tested. But quite a lot of health service workers can't get tested because there's not enough tests to go round. Which is fucking great, isn't it? But hey, this is a system working as fucking designed. Cal surprise. A report into the Windrush scandal was released this week and as expected it was very obvious that you know a lot of people were failed by the government. It's pretty much confirmed that the Home Office is completely unfit for purpose. It was... You know, the the way they worded it was institutional ignorance and thoughtlessness towards race. Just say institutional racism, it's quicker... You know, and and Pretty Patel, she said, there is nothing I can say today which will undo the pain, suffering and misery inflicted on the Windrush generation. Yeah, you're right, there isn't. Um, but you know what? Your government could have not sat there and patronised and gaslit people for years about this. But okay, um... I mean it's what can I say you know they're acting like this was just a minor mistake that they can just sort of you know apologise a couple of times and and that'll be that but People's lives were changed forever. People's lives have been ruined because of this. You know, people... People were fucking deported, for God's sake. There were people who died halfway across the world, away from their family, their friends, destitute, frightened. Of course there's nothing that the Home Secretary can say to make that up. Like, that really goes without saying, but, you know, um, 
as became obvious a couple of weeks ago, they, they were having a debate on the compensation um, system for victims of the scandal, which is a it's just a complete mess and people aren't getting what they're entitled to. It's one of those things you just don't know what to say. It just makes you feel sad, you know, because those people didn't do anything wrong and they were persecuted, basically. And the Home Office can sit there and say, oh, we're really sorry, we're going to learn from this, but they're still going to do the same old shit, let's be real. Um, they they are. It's It's just the reality of the situation. All the schools are closing uh, from from the end of this week. So no school until God knows when. Exams are cancelled. Uh, you know. So God knows what's going to happen there. Uh, schools will be open for children of key workers. So uh, people who work in hospitals, healthcare, you know, police services, fire services, that kind of stuff, um, so that they can drop their kids off. Um, but everybody else, all the other kids will be at home. Exams cancelled. Um, I feel bad for the kids. Um... I remember when I was doing my exams and there were some days where I'd be like, oh God, I hope all my exams get cancelled by some freak accident. But to be quite honest, it it wouldn't have been a good thing because I, you know, I would have spent all year revising and learning and then boom, gone, you know, it just would have sucked. So I feel bad for the kids. Um... And I I hope something can be worked out. I hope, because there's a lot of people talking about the fact that it may be using predicted grades. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, because there can be a big change between your predicted grades and what you actually get. Um, but I hope something can be worked out to help those kids get the qualifications um, and be able to take their exams because um, obviously things like university placements, college placements depend on that. So hopefully that can happen, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, another little thing that was kind of lost in the coronavirus kerfuffle. Um, a couple of months ago, there was a story, uh, a, a, a boy called Harry Dunn. Uh, he was killed by... Uh, dangerous driving by um, the wife of an American diplomat who then left the UK and is now refusing to come back and face justice on that. There was a really horrific moment where Donald Trump bought over Harry's parents and then had the woman who killed him in the next room and was like, oh, yeah, you're going to meet. It's going to be great because that's normal. However, it has now been revealed that the Foreign Office said to the woman that killed him, 
yes, you can go. And that's absolutely mental. Um, Dominic Grubb told the House of Commons his department had objected in clear and strong terms to allow her to go to America. Um, but now he's been forced to give over communications between British and US officials that show that that isn't true and that she was told she could go. (sighs) Which is horrible, really, because Harry Dunn's family have been through a horrific ordeal. They have lost a son and they have been quite frankly, mugged off by everybody that should be helping them to get justice for their son. And this is just another slap in the face, really. Um, And you know what? I wish we weren't in these crazy times so that Dominic Rav could be dragged in front of the house again and forced to be held accountable for this. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be one of those things that just, you know, he'll get away with it for now because coronavirus. Um, Speaking of coronavirus again, I know, I know. Jeremy Corbyn's brother, Pierce Corbyn. I don't know if you've ever encountered him. He is an unusual individual. His Twitter bio is um, interesting. Long-range, world-leading weather and climate forecaster, solar lunar method, not CO2, American thinker, climate predictor, 2010, bro, Hashtag JC4PM, that's Jeremy Corbyn for Prime Minister, although it's a bit late for that. Retweets aren't agreement. He has 25.8 thousand followers. Um, and this was one of his lovely tweets uh, this week. The CV, it means coronavirus, this was all in capitals by the way. The coronavirus pandemic was simulated October 2019 by mega-rich control freaks Bill Gates, George Soros and cronies. Now it's for real. Their aim is a world population call. People cause CO2 problem by their mass vaccination plan containing poison, refuse coronavirus vaccine. And then he's linked to some proper crank nonsense YouTube video (sighs) I don't I don't even know what to say and he's got this thread and it just goes on and on and on all kinds of nonsense in here Bill Gates' vaccines cut populations. He says it and it's observed. Climate policy controls you, not climate. World population could fit on Isle of Wight. 
Oil isn't a fossil and won't run out. New energy is coming. Hashtag refuse the vaccine. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, obviously, Jeremy Corbyn is not responsible for what his very strange brother says on social media but you know Jeremy Corbyn is still the leader of the opposition and the leader of the Labour Party and it probably would be a good idea for him to maybe have a word or at the very least put out a little something that says, you know, I do not endorse the views of my very, very strange brother. Just just a thought there, Jeremy, just helping you out in this trying time. And more coronavirus. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, one of the big problems that businesses are having is that Boris Johnson has advised people to avoid social gatherings, so pubs, restaurants, blah, blah, blah. However, he has not ordered them to close. Now, in other countries across Europe, they're being ordered to close, which means that those businesses can claim on insurance and things like that to make up for lost earnings. However, if the government just advises people to stay away, then those businesses can't claim anything. And so they have to stay open. They have to stay staffed. And they have to keep serving people. Because they need to make money. Because they've got bills to pay. And so a lot of businesses are very angry with Boris Johnson. You know, because the Conservatives, they call themselves the party of business. But Boris is Mr. Fuck Business. So who knows? I... Am I surprised? I don't know. Speaking of conservatives, good lord. This this situation I feel <laughs> is why I think some MPs, perhaps all MPs, should have social media managers or something like that. Pauline Latham is a Conservative MP for Mid-Derbyshire. In fact, she says she's proud to be the Conservative MP for Mid-Derbyshire and good for her. However, she had a bit of a moment. Uh, one of her constituents tweeted her and said, Hi, Pauline Latham. Is £94 a week statutory sick pay enough to live on? How could you manage on it? Which is a fair question. She is an MP in the governing party. She is standing by the policy that £94 a week is enough for statutory sick pay. It's perfectly valid for her constituents to ask her about it. And she tweeted back, Get a life. And my God. I... <sighs> <sighs> It was just 
it, it just seemed needlessly harsh. You know, this is obviously someone who is genuinely worried about that. It's one of her constituents as well. Whether you vote for your MP or not, they should be working on behalf of you. And it just, I mean, Christ. She did later um, offer more of an explanation and apologise. She said, I must apologise for a tweet to a constituent over the weekend. At the time, I was in Spain in a state of distress, having just visited my brother who was suffering from acute dementia. Very sadly, we could not bring him home to the UK because of coronavirus. At this time of stress, I received a tweet from what I perceived to be a keyboard warrior and it pushed me over the edge. I am very sorry I reacted so hastily. Now, I, I can see how that situation would have made that happen. However, this is perhaps why MPs should not have direct access to their to their social medias at all times because this is what happens isn't it you know yes you know she's going through a difficult time right now in her in her personal life in her family life and everybody has everybody has personal things going on and I absolutely do not begrudge her that I I feel very deep sympathy for her. I hope that something can be done to help her situation with her family. I really do. But her constituent was probably in a, a great deal of distress as well. And they were reaching out to somebody who's supposed to be able to help them. And to get a response like that, get a life. That is... It's not appropriate, really, is it? It's not on. And so, yeah, MPs, consider social media managers as a thought, you know? Or just consider counting to ten... And looking at the context of a tweet before you click reply and type out your rage. Just a thought. You know, obviously in situations like this, a social media manager is a better way to go. Because to be quite honest, you know, if you're already upset about something and you're not in a good frame of mind to work, it's probably better to hand it over to someone else to deal with. But... Speaking of family, Boris Johnson's dad. Do you know what? Everyone, I, I don't watch I'm a Celebrity, so I wasn't too involved in this. But everyone went on this thing of going, oh, Stanley Johnson's so funny and so relatable because he was on I'm a Celebrity. Oh, he's so fun. He's friends with Toph. Like, for weeks, I was fucking seeing it on social media. Everyone going, oh, I love Stanley Johnson. <laughs> And then he got out of the jungle and everyone realised actually he's kind of a dick. So that was fun. But now he's going around on TV 
right? Because there's been government advice, people over a certain age, people with, you know, health risks that could leave them vulnerable are being told, stay the fuck inside. Boris Johnson's dad goes on TV directly to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I do what I want. I'm Stanley Johnson. And it's just... It's just like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, you stupid, rich, weirdo. Like, you're so entitled. Stop it. It's just infuriating. <laughs> I just can't be bothered. Just can't be bothered. Um... On question time is continuing just without a studio audience because yeah we need a question time in our lives but you know what maybe it'll be better without the studio audience because they do tend to be the worst part to be fair um (laughs) but honestly i'd be fine if they just like cancelled it forever just let it go We don't actually need question time, ladies. We can do without it. Let's move on. Let's do something more productive with our Thursday nights. Um, But I mean, I guess that will have to be my weekly drama because obviously EastEnders is all limited now. Hashtag sad times. So a bit of a late development the government have announced a new series of measures to try and safeguard people's ability to get through the crisis in terms of wages, housing and things like that. Um, The big one that they said was unprecedented, and they're all very excited, they the the government will step in to pay eighty percent of people's wages. Um, I think that's a good thing. I do. However, in all of the things that they announced. For people who are self-employed, people who are working in the gig economy, people on zero-hours contracts who do not have guaranteed hours for the government to step in and pay, there's not too much for them, um, apart from they can claim statutory sick pay, which I think is about £94 a week. And I mean, it's frustrating because everyone was all over this announcement, really excited, you know, wow, this is so great. Trade unions were patting themselves on the back for getting this out of the government, but they've, to all intents and purposes, abandoned self-employed workers, you know, zero hours workers, you know, who are arguably the most vulnerable workers at the moment because work is drying up, 
um, people who are self-employed, they do not have, you know, really any options here apart from sick pay and maybe universal credit if they qualify and who knows if they do or not. Um, zero hours workers, is, is, you know, is there going to be anything announced for them? You know, can they be paid through this system? You know, the government hasn't really given any clarity on that. You know, if they don't have a guaranteed number of hours every week, what is stopping companies from just ignoring that they're there and need to get paid? You know, and I... I feel like a lot of the people who were you know, clapping like seals for this announcement from the government are people that are in secure employment. You know, they have contracted hours every month. They have a guaranteed salary every month. And so now the government can step in and make sure they get paid. And I'm happy about that. I am good. But, but that doesn't mean that there are not a huge amount of workers who are not in that position who essentially are no better off than before the announcement was made. And let's not forget the reason, specifically, you know, zero hours workers, workers in the gig economy, the reason that they are in a position where probably they're only option here is to claim statutory sick pay if they have to self-isolate the only reason that they're in that position and that they can be exploited by their employer that way is because the government has allowed for that and and they probably still will after all this is over I don't know, maybe it's because we're in a crisis and so the bar is very low and people are just happy to, you know, take the bare minimum. But, you know, and, and there was nothing announced to help people that have, you know, lost their jobs before this announcement was made. You know, even if we ignore the problems with the announcements, you know, in terms of workers, it still leaves vulnerable there was nothing really announced for people that have lost their jobs and it's going to take time for this funding to get to companies so it's all well and good for the chancellor and the prime minister to stand there and say oh please back your workers please don't fire them help is coming but the government knew that there would be job losses they knew jobs would be at risk and it's taken them this long to announce what frankly is the bare minimum that they could have done. You know, <laughs> people have already lost jobs. Even with these announcements, people probably continue to lose jobs because companies will argue they cannot wait to get that funding. They need to cut, you know, financial pressures now. <sighs> You know, what happens to the people that have already lost their jobs? 
what happens to people employed by companies that just ignore that you know this has happened and you know don't bother i mean <laughs> rishi sunak was like oh you can top up your employees wages if you want to as well and it's like how many companies are going to do that you have created an environment your government has created an environment in which employees are vulnerable because businesses are almost encouraged to exploit workers and now you're sitting here saying oh you can top up their wages if you want god don't be unrealistic you know that's not going to happen like it just really brings home how far away from the real world the majority of people in our government are and to be quite frank how far away the people that are supposedly advocating for regular people you know trade unions are sitting there acting like this man is the second coming even though very vulnerable workers are still abandoned by these measures um you know they still pay tax they still pay national insurance where's where's the significant help for them where is it why <laughs> why are you why are you just willing to walk away from these workers you know what is the point of a movement that supposedly cares about workers rights if they only care about some workers and they're willing to give up on the rest what what is the point of you you know and <sighs> And it's it's been really disheartening seeing on, you know, social media, seeing a lot of people who are still vulnerable after these, you know, announcements were made, after these, you know, incentives and so on have been announced. There's still a lot of people who are speaking up and saying, this this doesn't help me. I'm still probably in financial hardship you know what am I supposed to do and then you see all these people who are okay and they're you know they were probably okay before things like this were announced and they're still going to be okay now sitting there patting themselves on the back and going oh look how look how hard we worked for people look at all this amazing things we did just did you though did you really if this is the best that trade unions can get out of our government, what the fuck are they being paid for? Because this still leaves huge amounts of workers in a financially vulnerable position. This still means that quite a lot of people are not going to be able to pay their rent. This still means they're going to have to choose between keeping the power on and buying food, if they can fucking get food because panic buying is still happening. This still means that there are people who have lost their jobs who are going to get scraps from the government despite having contributed their whole working lives. And when this is over, this still means that companies will be encouraged to use exploitative measures, zero hours contracts, you know, not giving people what they should be entitled to you know, the basics of human rights, the basics of, of rights as a worker, you know, and and yet <laughs> I'm supposed to applaud for these people who, you know, even in unprecedented times when really 
they 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 should have the leverage this is all they can get people are going to suffer there's no way around that but there were people who could have pressed the government harder and they could have got more for people and they haven't they failed to do that and i'm not going to sit here and applaud them for failure i i'm just i'm not it is unacceptable that in one of the richest nations in the world even with brexit and coronavirus going on the uk is still you know top tier in terms of wealth it is unacceptable that people are going to lose their homes people are going to suffer in this way so i you know i'm not going to applaud failure i'm not going to act like you know <laughs> i'm not going to act like this is some amazing thing it is the bare minimum and even then it's still quite a slap in the face to a lot of people that are in the position they are in because the government have encouraged their exploitation you know people people have spoken about this kind of thing happening maybe not in some kind of you know global pandemic we perhaps didn't know that was coming but people talked for years about how business practices in the UK employment practices in the UK would lead to this kind of thing and here we are and again you know the people that are supposed to advocate for workers where are they well they're all off tweeting about how fucking much they love the chancellor well i'm sorry but i won't join in on that <laughs> i'm not gonna applaud this man for doing something quite basic that still manages to leave a lot of people vulnerable i won't <laughs> you know because like i said i'm not gonna sit here and reward failure is down and I'm free from hell. Watching you singing American Pie as I drink in your eyes, I'm stolen from Satan, forgetting the things that haunt me. My body amazed atoms that explode and reform in the seat next to you as you drive and it's like my life has begun again. Windswept wishes as we smoke cigarettes to the sound of the sea, driving past water that waits to become a waterfall. And there is a brook that bubbles within me, desire dripping from every second I spend with you. We scale a mountain, losing ourselves to love in the shadow of the lightning. You are everywhere around me, day to day. But tonight, on snow-covered roads, the warmth of the car and the warmth of your arms. My heart is still for a moment and then so full of life the next. It becomes a cycle. 
where I'm in awe and in a frenzy for you again and again until we are apart and then I retreat to my reminders and my memories so I can be surrounded by thoughts of you until I am entirely yours again. Tears drive beside us. I've had two ciders and I'm happier than I've ever been because your voice is a beacon, bringing me out of my mind when I fall back in, bringing me back to what my life could be if I am lucky enough to spend it with you. Okay, I have to talk about this. I have to. If you follow me on social media, you you may have already seen uh, some of, of this. Because um, I did upload some pictures and videos on Instagram and, and everything. My boyfriend took me out for dinner the other day. And oh my god. We went up a fucking mountain. I really, I cannot stress this enough right it was right at the top of like this we had to drive up at, there was snow and deers and clouds and shit it was insane i've i've never had that experience before it was like i was like literally driving into this like whole other dimension it was crazy so anyways so, um, so we're driving up this road, right? And it was, seriously, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna post a link in the description for this episode and you can check out some of the photos I took. And even then, it will not be, like, it's one of those things you have to actually be there and see it, you know what I mean? But it was, it was so, it was so nice to just be able to spend the whole day with him, drive up there and and have dinner and spend time together. Um, You know, and do you know what, before anyone comes to me, because I can, I can really feel this coming, I know coronavirus was supposed to like be, you know, not mixing with lots of people in my defense it was a very remote place and the place we went for dinner was basically empty so I count that as social distancing and as far as I know neither of us have coronavirus and we are both very diligent on washing our hands so anyway back to the matter at hand um (laughs) so Sorry, just saying that, I, I didn't think about it and it's just reminded me of something really dumb he said. But anyway, so we drive up this fucking mountain road, right? It was, like, it was so pretty and, but also really scary because, like, <laughs> I've never done anything like that before. And it was like, whoa, this is insane. I feel like we're invading nature's space, but I'm also kind of into it. Um, we had dinner. It was this lovely place, and it looked out onto the sea, and and it's really beautiful. And they they did the most amazing 
sticky toffee pudding. Okay, so here's something I found out as well. I know I'm jumping from topic to topic here and I, I'm sorry, but you should be used to this by now on this show. Let's be real. I thought, right, that sticky toffee pudding always had dates in because when I've had it before, like I've had it before it didn't, but then I had it like a couple of times and it did. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was very disappointed. I also, when I was trying to describe this to him, <laughs> I couldn't remember like the word for dates. And so <laughs> I said uppity raisins. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought I'd take a chance. I ordered the sticky toffee pudding. No dates, just beautiful toffee pudding realness i was living my best life and as mentioned in the poem maybe i had a couple ciders i wasn't driving so it's okay um and, <laughs> and then we're, we're driving back down and several things happened right firstly there was this lightning right and we were still like up at the top at this point and bro, it was it was like right there, like it, like just right in front of us. It was crazy, and I was like, "Oh my god, are we like in the sky or something?" <laughs> Obviously, I didn't say that out loud because I didn't want to think I was dumb. But that was why I was thinking. And then we saw a fucking deer, just just you know moseying along the road, and I'm like. I, mm. <laughs> look at this dude he's like brazen like one of those urban foxes from London look at him I love it I I couldn't believe it and it was just the whole there was just such a magical like atmosphere and so I wrote about it you know um but I <laughs> I just I've thought about it sort of non-stop since. Like, it was just this really um, emotionally defining moment. And, yeah. So, I know, I know that, you know, a lot of things lately have been a bit hashtag sad, sad girl business. But we had some happy girl business this week. So, snaps for that. Yes.
So, coronavirus is really digging its heels in. It's not going away, um, as I'm sure we all know. Um, although some people still seem convinced it is just like a quick little thing and it'll be over and we'll all have summer and go out in the beer garden. It'll be lovely. Not going to happen, lads. Um, <laughs> but there has been this wave of sort of cringe celebrity content that's come up from this and I mean obviously celebrities are not as relatable as they once were hence the wave of influencers becoming popular you know people you know vloggers and and you know people like that because they have more relatable lives and then obviously celebrities tried to become relatable again it was a weird cycle but anyway so there's been that video that's been going around on social media of all these fucking Hollywood stars singing Imagine by John Lennon like line by line loads of different celebs taking a line each and oh god um because apparently they thought that that would make everyone feel better what the world needs is a bunch of movie stars self-isolating in their fucking mansions singing a song that was already quite patronising to begin with. I, you know. <laughs> um, Sam Smith has been in the news, not for their music, as usual, but because they were uploading little videos on Snapchat, whinging about how hard it is to self-isolate in their fucking £12 million mansion. Um, Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical, and I'm sure she's been in other things since, but quite frankly, I don't know them. Um, she shows up to Coachella every year. I think that's her current gig. I don't know. Um, she you know caught quite a bit of backlash for being like oh well you know people are gonna die but it's like and it's like girl shut up <laughs> the fucking queen right I'm, I get it you know at this point she's just sort of you know doing what she thinks best and that's nice but she's you know, stuck out a little statement, oh, you know, everyone has to try their best, everyone has to get involved and, and stop this and whatever. Girl, you live in various palaces, you have the best healthcare money can buy, and quite a bit of that money comes from the taxpayer. Do not sit there and lecture us. Do not sit there and patronise us. Be quiet. Who who asked to hear from the Queen? Who asked to hear from Sam Smith and Vanessa Hudgens and the fucking rebooted cast of Hollywood Squares fucking singing John Lennon at us? Like, what is this? There are people that are losing their jobs, right? There are businesses that are just straight up telling their staff... We don't have any business right now, so you're fired. There are people who have problems with immune systems, who are genuinely terrified right now. There are... There, there are people dying. 
there are people whose homes are at risk because obviously some countries are doing a bit more in that regard but you know here in the UK for example they've announced mortgage holidays but nothing for renters um people are just not in the mood for this shit it's like read the room but I guess when you're self-isolating in a massive mansion or a palace or you know somewhere like that you you don't read the room because you've never had to I just, I get that maybe they think it's a nice thing and they're trying to help, you know, oh, I'll put out a little relatable video, I'll put out a little video of me singing a song with all my rich friends about, you know, imagine there's no possessions, oh, you know, I'll put out a statement from my fucking palace, like, but it's it's not helping, <laughs> you know, if if you want to help, you know, donate some money to a food bank because quite a few of them are having to close because food shortages, staffing shortages, volunteering shortages, they they need help. That's how you can help. You know, a video of some celebrities singing is not going to fucking, you know, get food to people that need it. You know, a statement from the Queen isn't going to stop panic buying, which means that vulnerable people can't buy loo roll and paracetamol and bread. Um, you know, I just... I mean... It's just take a look at the world around you and think you know <laughs> is what I'm doing helpful could I be doing something more helpful and and you know what some could argue what I'm doing is not particularly helpful I'm creating a little ranty podcast every week but you know I'm still doing my bit I'm you know doing all the standards you know washing my hands a lot and I, I, you know you're supposed to do it for 20 seconds so you're supposed to sing happy birthday twice and I always go happy birthday dear coronavirus because I mean I've got cabin fever without self-isolating it it would appear but you know I I'm helping out in other ways too um seeing what I can do for people in regards to shopping um and when I do shop I do not I do not take more than is required because I'm not, you know, I'm not selfish like that. You know, I'm I'm trying to do what I can with what I've got. But if I had millions of fucking pounds just sitting there, yes, I would throw some of it at some food banks or, you know, at homeless shelters that are having to close because they don't have resources or, you know, children's organisations that could actually probably use some funding now that schools are going to be closing and they're going to have a lot more, you know, kids knocking about, you know. I, it, I, I'd love to have a million pound mansion to self-isolate in so I could, you know, sing into the camera with all my Hollywood pals or you know, complain about how I'm bored, but 
you know, <laughs> doing this show and, and helping out my neighbours and, and, you know, helping out my family, that's what I can do. But if someone's in a position to do a lot more and all they're offering is some kind of sort of patronising, condescending, cringe little sing-along, it's a bit like, well... I don't think anyone's in the mood for this. Uh, this isn't a holiday. This is a, a global crisis, really, isn't it? I mean, we can all laugh and joke to try and keep ourselves going, but, you know, it's one of those things, if you're not, if you're not in that kind of difficult situation, it just comes across as a bit of a dick move, and... I feel like there are going to be a lot of publicists who are going to be working very hard in the coming days and coming weeks to try and deal with all their clients who are throwing out this content and just getting absolutely massacred by the public. And maybe that's deserved, maybe it's not, I don't know. But we're living in crazy times. So we all got to read the room. Most mornings I am overwhelmed, opportunistic as I burrow under the covers, clinging to your chest, annoyance that you earned by appearing in my life and making me fall in love with you. I hold on to you and my heart lives in my eyes when we are close, languishing as liquid, reaching out, falling down my cheeks, trying to be closer to the one she loves. That is very, like, needy kitten, like, just kind of padding along the bed in the morning, like, hey, wake up and pay attention to me, hi, remember me, hello, I need attention to live. And also food. But that's not so important. Wake up. But like. If a person was doing it. And they weren't like. Like. Padding on the bed. They were just like. Laying there in the bed. But kind of just like. Padding with their eyes. Like. You know. Like that gif of Mayhem Miller. Where she's doing that thing with her eyes. But like. Sleepily. You know what I mean? That's very that. And that's very me on a very regular basis. And there ends another hour and a bit in the apocalypse, but we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, I'd like to tell you things will be better, things will have calmed down, but I mean, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. 
Uh, thank you to my amazing uh, patron top tier supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David, Elena, Alicia, Emily, Andy and Tyler. Um, if you want to support this show and lots of other free projects that I do, you can on Patreon. Um, the link is in the description um, or on my website. And you get lots of content, free, exclusive, early release stuff. Um, I will be sending out the... Well, that seems haunted and cursed. One of my books just fell off my shelf for no reason at all. But anyway, I digress. Um, I will be sending out the signed copies for Patreon subscribers soon. Um, unfortunately, lots of the post offices have been sort of like Wild West, apocalyptic, crazed things. I'm going to see what I can do about um online stuff because you can buy shipping stuff online um i know as far as far as i know that should be fine for uh domestic stuff so for everybody subscribed in the uk um i'm looking to see what i can do for international shipping um but i will keep you posted <laughs> you get it because i'm posting you know what never mind um <laughs> if you want to support in other ways um you can do one-off uh donations on paypal and coffee and um also just you know a little review a cheeky little review helps um telling your friends uh you know recommending this crazy little show <laughs> if you have anyone who's very interested in this kind of thing <laughs> whatever the hell this is let them know um they might have a good time too um but yes we'll be back next week uh pandemic be damned um unless of course i get coronavirus i'm not gonna get coronavirus probably i don't think so I'm I'm not a risk factor and I have been very, very careful, um, you know, years of being afraid of socialisation have prepared me for this exact moment, but um, yeah, so we'll be back next week with hopefully some good news, but we'll see. <laughs> good night, my love.